It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Monday morning, and I don't know how you feel, Michigan fans. I would say good Monday, good morning, whatever. I feel like it's a mixed bag given what just happened yesterday. You lose to Michigan State, but that actually may have ended up helping you beyond that. I don't know that that's ever a good thing to lose to Michigan State, especially for a third time to lose a banner in the process, let Michigan State hang another one. But Michigan fans are rejoicing and Michigan State fans are complaining. So I guess it's uh, it's a good Monday. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverine's Wire. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. And sorry, I'm closing windows here to be able to make sure I can do all of this. And for some reason, it's uh, asking me if I want to save a document that has zero content in it. So that's good. Um, that's the stuff you needed to know. <laughs> um, I'm always just going to kind of like squirrel this entire podcast, you know, anyway, got a lot to talk about today. So we're going to get into all of it. Obviously, we're going to talk about the game, uh, what happened there. Uh, definitely have uh, a lot of thoughts on that and everything. But actually, in a way, I don't. That's the kind of weird thing. It's This game is weird because, like, if you look at the box score, and that's kind of what we're going to get into, if you look at the box score, you'd probably think Michigan won. Not lost by five. But uh, we'll get into all of that. Uh, we'll get into uh, the tournament draw. That's obviously, you know, the big thing, why Michigan fans are happy about stuff. Um, I think it's a great draw kind of on the surface. But looking a little bit deeper, deeper, it's still a little scary. But at the same time, why, why I'm you know pretty confident in Michigan being able to go out and do its thing Um I said that on Twitter. I had some detractors, you know, the typical Michigan lost fire beeline crowd. Uh, people that are blaming coaching and saying the coaching's terrible and whatever. It's spoiler alert. It's not. Um, and then, uh, but in the middle there, we're going to talk about Michigan had pro day on Friday. And it's not that we're going to talk about the actual pro day. We're going to talk about some of the things that the outgoing guys said. Because they had a lot of really interesting things to say. So we are going to get into all of that. Big Monday. Uh, exciting. Whatever. What have you. So, um, Michigan loses to Michigan State 65-60. to Very unideal situation. Third straight time Michigan led for the majority of the game. <laughs> um, that's the weird thing about this, this matchup. Michigan State's clearly better right now. Tom Izzo even said, you know, after the game on CBS, he's like, they're the better team for, you know, 38 minutes. That's been the case, like, every game that these two have played. Michigan's been the better team for the other two was 30 minutes. So this, this time Michigan put together another eight minutes and then had its scoring drought late. 
and the drought wasn't as bad as some of the other ones. It wasn't like an, a five minute drought, like what we saw the other two times in the middle, where it's just all of a sudden they just couldn't do anything. It was at the end when, like, Michigan State had a scoring drought, like a four minute scoring drought to end the first game. I believe it was like two minutes from the field in the second or something like that. I don't know. It this one Michigan had I mean they had a couple little ones. But what mattered most was uh Michigan State went on like a 10-0 score uh, scoring run while Michigan had a two like a two minute twelve second or something like that scoring drought at the end of the game. You get one basket. One and you probably win the game. Because yeah, Michigan State won by five, but some of that was by virtue of the two. Uh, I mean, it was sixty sixty, right? With uh, fifty seconds left, Michigan State went out there. Cassius Winston got a layup. Michigan gets the ball back. Misses. There's a foul shot in there somewhere by uh, Aaron Henry. He hit the first one, missed the second one. Kenny Goins goes and drains uh drains two shots to to give him a five point lead. But Michigan had ample opportunity. Iron just wasn't wasn't doing it for him right when it they really needed it to. Couple three attempts. She had the three attempt by Jordan Poole. I know there was the you know, and I actually didn't even really notice it at the time. I think it was because I was writing. But then there was the uh, there was the foul, you know, the foul that never was, where Jordan Poole should have gone to the uh, the free throw line for three. Um, not really sure exactly where that lined up, but they didn't call the, the intentional foul that Michigan State clearly fouled him. Um, but uh, that's not why Michigan lost the game, right? I mean, there, I thought the 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 foul that they called I, I mean it was a foul and everything but it kind of wasn't <laughs> again the same thing as before McQuaid like I, I just don't understand how because it wasn't like like Jordan Poole jumps up and then McQuaid just kind of like half-heartedly is like okay now I'm just gonna jump into you and then it becomes it's a Jordan Poole foul to me, that was kind of the, the 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 moment things started looking dicey. Now you have to give credit to Matt McQuaid for the awareness. You have to give credit to Matt McQuaid, who I still love the McPoyle references, by the way, because I can't look at him without thinking of the McPoyles from "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." <laughs> like, there's a shot that I wanted to save and I didn't do it to send to my best friend, where like he's looking at the camera or looking near the camera, and I just wanted to send the shot with the line, bump it. <laughs> it's because he looks so much like... Uh, th- th- well, that's the funny thing, is he? it's uh, that actor, his name just escaped me. He looks like that actor, but he only looks like that actor playing in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He doesn't look like him, and uh, his name is right on the tip of my tongue. He doesn't look like him in like the other stuff that he's in, like Westworld, which is a show I absolutely love. I I did a uh, rewatch of Westworld before I started my 
multiple rewatch of Game of Thrones. Um, Jimmy something. I can't. Or was that his name in Westworld? I don't know. I'm not trying to make fun of him. I mean, you know, we don't need to go out there and be making fun of rival people's appearances. It's just it's. I see the memes going around. I don't know if it was started by Brian from MGO blog, but it's, it is hilarious. But he killed, he was a Michigan killer. He was a Wolverine killer yesterday. 27 point career high hit seven threes. He just couldn't miss. There were a couple contested ones where it's like, no way he's going to make that. And it seemed like him and Brasdakis were just going to go toe to toe for a while. And Brasdakis kind of cooled off. And I think he finished with 19. Uh, after having 12 in the first half, and McQuaid just kept going. Didn't stop. Uh, don't have the stats up like I thought I did, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, he he was he was magical. And you gotta give credit to a dude like that, that went out there and just had a game. Last time playing Michigan. Go, goes out there and has a game. Not ideal, but you tip your hat. And I'm sure that Sparty's going to give it back to Michigan fans the way that Scott Bell, uh, who, again, now that he's back, is a must-follow on Twitter, at sbell021. But looking at the box score, and kind of this is what what I was hinting at before, you would think Michigan might have beaten them. There's no, you know, I I had a couple observations post-game where it's because it's like, the last two games, it was like, okay, yeah, that's why, you know? You would look at it and you'd say, like, well, duh. First game, six assists in the entire game. Like, that's like, oh, yeah, you're not going to win a game like that. And that was emblematic of Michigan trying to play hero ball. Saw people saying that Michigan was playing hero ball this game. It didn't really feel like that to me. I I felt like there were some moments when, yeah, they were, they were maybe doing trying to do a little too much, just, you know, one person at a time, but... The shots were there. They just weren't falling, right? It wasn't like the first contest when they were just jacking up stuff that was like, why are you not trying to find somebody? Shots were there. They just weren't falling. Um, Michigan outshot Michigan State. I mean, it was pretty marginal, 41.2% to 40% even. Michigan State did outshoot them from three, obviously. But uh, and I don't have the stat written down, but it was like thirty nine percent to thirty three percent, I believe. Um, so I mean that pretty much was the difference. The two minute lull at the end was also what made the difference. So you got those two things combined. That's like the only thing because when you uh, aside well rebounding obviously because Michigan State still out rebounded Michigan, but it wasn't stark like it was before. It wasn't that? What was the number? Before it was stupid. Before forty, not forty to twenty-seven. It was worse than that. It was bad. I remember the number was re- like it was. I hadn't seen a number like that before. This time it was twenty-nine for Michigan to thirty-eight rebounds. But Michigan had more free throws. Uh, or I should say, not necessarily more free throws. They had a better percentage free throw wise. Ten for twelve. Um. So they they did better there. They did get to the line. It took them a long time to do it, but they did finally. So there wasn't a giant disparity there, even though Michigan State was in the bonus in the second half, and Michigan 
uh, wasn't. Michigan out-assisted them. Another really good game from Xavier Simpson on that front. 17-14. to 14. Michigan State had four more shots. And Michigan State only had one more block. Michigan had five, they had six. Whereas, you know, there was eight to one last game. So, but when it came down to it, the guys they need to score, and this is what I said in my takeaways, didn't do it. It's like they refused. And that's that, to me, was one of the issues. You can't, you're not going to do a lot of good stuff when Xavier Simpson, who's been electric the last several games, and I wrote, I thought he was the outlier because he was putting the team on his back, both scoring. I mean, yeah, his, he wasn't scoring necessarily 25, but he was always with consistency scoring 10, 15. Didn't do that this time. And Isaiah Livers, who was three for five from the field, but that was it. He was three for five. I think he had eight points or something like that. I don't have it in front of me. But uh dude just came off of a career game. He shot well when he shot it, but they just didn't shoot it enough. And that's one of those weird things that this Michigan team has done is you get the guy that has the hot hand or, you know, whatever, John Teske type guy that's like, you know, you rely on him for 18 points a game. And, you know, he gets it like four times in a row. And then in a big game, they lose. And it's like, where was Teske all game? And it's like, oh, he, he only had eight points, but he shot 60%. He just didn't shoot. Razdakis had a good game. Jordan Poole had an okay game. Not down the stretch when they really needed a couple big shots, but he had some early that were big. Charles Matthews, two points. You're, that's not enough. Did well defensively, but that's not enough. All right, we have to move on because we've still got a ton to talk about and we're running out of time. But did you know you can fill out a tourney bracket at DraftKings this year? That's right. DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, has a totally free bracket with tens of thousands of dollars up for grabs. Everyone fills out a bracket during the tourney. You might as well do it on an award-winning app with tons of free prizes. For the first time ever, DraftKings is offering a bracket battle promotion with $64,000 in prizes. And you know what? I'm actually going to do this. I, I meant to do it last night. I pulled it up. I had it all logged in, and then I ended up writing something because <laughs> I just worked constantly yesterday. So, you know what? Go ahead. Put Michigan right in there, at least to the Final Four. I, I, I'm definitely going to have Michigan going to at least the Final Four. I don't know if I'm going to have them beating Duke, but I've got them going that far. But you know how brackets work? Before tip-off of the first game of the tournament, just pick the winner of every game, every round. That's all there is to it. The best part is you can play for free with code LOCKEDONNCAA. You can even set up a private group for you and your friends to compete for bragging rights. So download the DraftKings app or head to DraftKings.com now. Use the code LOCKEDONNCAA to enter the Bracket Battle promotion for free and compete for your share of $64,000. That's code LOCKEDONNCAA to enter Bracket Battle for free only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details.
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. This might be our latest break coming out of segment one ever. Like, we've got like 10 minutes left on the entire show. I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do it. We're going to try. But first, do you have a smartphone with a voice assistant or even better, one of those uh, smart speakers like an Amazon Echo, Google Home, or Apple HomePod? Or do you have that type of capability in your car? Well, if you do, just tell your voice assistant to play Lockdown Wolverines and go from there. With a new episode every weekday, it's as simple as that to stay connected. And you can do it with the help from the technology right in your car, your home, or even your hand. Remember, play Locked on Wolverines. That's right. Okay, so uh, moving on, uh, we there was a bunch of interesting things that were said at Pro Day on Friday by football. Because that's right, we're into football. We're getting Jim Harbaugh today for the first time since after the bowl game. Hopefully he says more than he says right after the bowl game. Um, so... Uh, I, I'm just going to kind of go through the, I didn't talk to everybody. I missed, I missed Tyree Kennel and Karan Higdon and Zach Gentry because I spent in the entire time with one player. And that's the one we're going to get to last. I spent 20 minutes with, uh, Wilton Spate and he had some really interesting things to say. Uh, Wilton's always a good quote, but it was really cool to have him back. I still feel like he's underappreciated by Michigan fans. And <laughs> I wrote about it. And it was funny because, like, I wrote about, I guess I'll mention it here, but, uh, and we're going to get back into it. But I wrote about him talking about Shea Patterson. And in that article, like, I talked about, like, hey, he's underappreciated. Here's what his stats, are, you know, were. And then things changed, you know, when Pep Hamilton came to town. And then, you know, I posted on our Facebook page and you get people being like, yeah, I wish you would just stop because you, we don't like him around here. And it's like, why do you not like Wilton Spade around here? I understand he did not beat Michigan, uh, sorry, Ohio State, but he beat Michigan State as a starter. He went 13 and three. It wasn't his, like, necessarily his fault that they lost to Ohio State. And here's the thing. Two interceptions, not good. One of them, everyone you know recognizes that was a Harbaugh issue. Shouldn't have been throwing from the end zone. Second one, whatever. Fumble, whatever. But Michigan wouldn't wouldn't have even been in that game if Wilton Spate didn't play and playing with a separated, broken, what I, I don't know what. Wouldn't even have been in the game. He gave you the chance to win. So, I don't know. Shrug. We'll get to Wilton in a minute. Um, some interesting things he said. Um, Devin Bush didn't have a ton to say. Didn't do, uh, just did linebacker drills. He basically, the most interesting thing I thought he said was he was wearing the fact that he's undersized as a badge of honor because I had seen him posting a lot of stuff to Instagram 
and Twitter being like hashtag undersized. So I asked him about that and he's like, Hey, I'm, I want to change the perception of people that are considered limited. You know, I want, I want to show that, Hey, I might be a little bit smaller than your typical middle linebacker, but I'll be able to go out there and have the same kind of deal. And I feel like that, that happens, right? Like, uh, I don't think it was the safety Bob Sanders from Indianapolis, but it was another Indianapolis player. Who was that? Who was the guy? Dwight Freeney? Was he the one that was like un- considered undersized for a defensive end? And ended up, uh, you know, being like all, you know, all kinds of good. So that was, I think, the most interesting thing he, he had to say. Um, we had Rashawn Gary for 10 minutes. I don't, he didn't participate in anything. He just kind of watched. I didn't really think that there was anything he said that was like, all right, yeah, all right, cool. I didn't write anything on him. I just posted the video. But he was still with the, hey, I know I'm the best player in the draft. Uh, I asked him about Chase Winovich being, you know, he told Chase didn't want to be known as a try-hard guy. He wanted to just be known as, you know, <laughs> a football player. And Rashawn was kind of like, why doesn't he? And I'll say this for Rashawn, is he's starting to he be a lot more serious. Used to be kind of more goofy, which I appreciated because I'm a goofy person myself. But he's getting a lot more serious, and sometimes sometimes it's almost a little scary, but not really. He's not he's not at like Xavier Simpson levels. You look at Xavier Simpson in the eye, and it's terrifying. So um, David Long said he's not worried about his draft stock. He's keeping to himself. Um, doesn't he flat out even told his agent like, Hey, I don't want to know a lot of this evaluated. I'm just want to, you know, tell me when the workout is, tell me whatever talked about how weird it is that he, you know, he left and Levert stayed just because they came in together. It's weird that, he, you know, Levert's still in school has a ton of confidence in what Ambry Thomas is going to be able to do. Mentioned the safeties, Josh Metellus, Jameric Woods, Brad Hawkins, no Jalen Kelly Powell. And hopefully that's just by virtue of he didn't, wasn't a go a lot last year because of the injury. I mean, because Jalen was running with the ones for a while. Um, but David feels good about where Michigan is, you know, with the defensive backs. Um, John Bushel Beatty. It was awkward because I was the only one asking questions for the first three minutes. Literally the only one. And uh, I, didn't, <laughs> I don't feel like I had the best questions or at least ones that made him feel good, and I feel bad about that. But uh, his big thing was he's working on his body composition. He felt like he did a you know a, a good job. I, I just don't – yeah, that was it. <laughs> uh, Chase Winovich, actually, I need to go back through his video. We'll do that. I'll probably do that later today or tomorrow. But uh, he feels good about the upcoming DL was the big thing. Um, said, like, you know, Quiddy Pay is really good. His, he th- his thing was he dropped a bombshell, and he said – I think Ben Mason is going to be really good if he goes to defense. And I think he'll be because, and he's talking about him playing defensive end. And that seemed crazy to me, right? Because you think, I was like, Ben Mason's not big enough to be a defensive end. And then I looked at this size and everything, and he's 6'3, 251. Chase Winovich weighed in at the NFL at 6'3, 256. So, yeah, Ben Mason's right there. He could play defensive end. Maybe we'll hear more about it today. Maybe maybe you've already written about it by the time that you've listened to this. Because Jim Harbaugh is like, yeah, Ben Mason's our starting defensive end. He's the best defensive end we've ever had. Uh, 
I've adopted him officially as my son. But he said he feels <laughs> Chase said he feels good about a lot of the other guys. Mentioned Aiden Hutchinson as a as a guy that really could be a big time player. Uh, mentioned the lineage and all of that. But like I said, and we have to really skirt through this because we have like no time here. Wilton Spate said the most interesting stuff about himself. He ran a four seven nine, which is a lot faster than even he thought. Uh, that would have put him ninth of, in quarterbacks and would have put him ahead of, well, Dwayne Haskins ran the slowest, so that's not necessarily the best uh, rubric there, but he would have run faster than uh, guys like uh, Will Greer and uh, Gardner Minshew. Uh, so the perception that he's slow, he's faster than all those other guys. Uh, but what he said that was really interesting was like, he's really excited to see the Josh Gaddis offense heard that it's going to be a lot, you know, Michigan's going to look a lot closer to what he was just running at UCLA with Chip Kelly than what he was running under Jed fish and uh, Pep Hamilton He said he feels like Shay's getting the handcuffs taken off of him and he's excited to see. And as part of that, he's basically says, Hey, that's uh, I had the handcuffs on too. Didn't have them as much in 2016, but before my injury in 2017, I had them on. And I was like, I felt like I can do a little bit more. I don't think that's any secret. So that tells you kind of what you need to know there. Now, even though he's, you know, inferring that it was a Pep Hamilton deal, you have to also keep in mind the offensive line was not protecting anybody in 2017. It got better as the year went on, but it was, uh, it was atrocious to begin the year. I mean, Wilton. Broke his back as a result of it, but kind of not throwing stones. Like he kind of, like he said, like, Hey, I'm not trying to blame anybody, but it's, he kind of also was throwing stones saying Pep Hamilton is the big reason for this. All right. We got to move on. We have no time to talk about the tournament, but we're going to do it. Is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Well, your company could be mentioned right now. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors. They hear on their podcasts. Our demographic is 98% male and has more education and earns more than traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast. Email me at LockdownWolverines at gmail.com. The NCAA tournament is almost here. And listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we got about two minutes, but we're going to do it. We can make we can make this happen. Uh, so I love Michigan's bracket uh, on the West. I think it's probably their best possible draw, That, but that doesn't mean that there aren't challenges. Obviously, it starts with Montana, who Michigan should win in the first, you know, beat in the first round. Michigan beat them last year in the first round when they played in Wichita. This time they're in tropical Des Moines. Uh, so a little bit of a change of scenery. Games Thursday at 9.15 p.m. But uh, last year, Michigan beat them for, uh, 61 to 47 uh, in a game that I don't remember because I blocked it out of memory. I just remember it was a terrible game to watch. Uh, but uh, looking at Montana... They're a 15 seed and everything, but they look they're pretty low down the spectrum. Looking at Ken Palm, they're 137th overall, 115th in offense, 161st in defense. Michigan should be able to give them the business. The only game when you look at who they played, the only game of against a team that 
you're like, oh, I know that team is in a loss to Arizona, which didn't go well for Montana. So Arizona, I don't even think finished ranked. So, or even did they even make the tournament? I, I think they might not be able to. I don't remember. Uh, if they have get past Montana, then they'll play the winner of Nevada, Florida. And that's a more difficult proposition than it seems. This Nevada being number seven seed, Florida, the 10 seed. Nevada kind of got jobbed in this for the sake of when you look at the Ken Palm, Nevada's 25th, Florida's 28th. Um, although the records are very different. 29 and four for Nevada, 19 and 15 for Florida. Hmm. Okay. Uh, but uh, Nevada has the 26th uh, offense, the Wolfpack of the 36th defense, according to Ken Palm. They have a com- uh, common opponent. Uh, they played Air Force. Michigan had beaten them by 21. They beat Air Force by 11. Uh, so there's that. Florida is uh, got the 60th offense and 14th defense. So good luck scoring on Michigan if you get that opportunity. Uh, however, they have two common opponents. They lost by four points to Michigan State. So they actually played Michigan State closer than Michigan has all year. Uh, and they lost to South Carolina as well, uh, 71 to 69. Uh, but Michigan destroyed South Carolina when they played them. Uh, get past that. Uh, you've got a couple other teams there, and they all have their challenges. Gonzaga is the number one seed in the bracket. Uh, even though I think, I mean, I think that's the most favorable number one seed draw. They're still a difficult team. They still have the second best odds to win the entire thing, according to uh, the My Bookie Sports bu- uh, book right now. Um, Michigan's number four, by the way, ahead of Michigan State. Read about that on Wolverine's Wire. Uh, but Gonzaga has the number one offense and the number 16 defense. So they're doing pretty well for themselves. Michigan doesn't even have the number one defense, according to Ken Palm, in its bracket, by the way, because Texas Tech has that distinction, number one. I know, Texas Tech, not the offensive team. And uh, other interesting team in there, Buffalo, who's uh, the sixth seed, they uh, are ninth in the country in tempo. So if Michigan has to face Buffalo, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be fast. So that's what that is. Uh, that's all the time we've got. We will discuss that at further length going uh, getting cl- when we get closer to Thursday. Uh, for the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Follow the podcast at On Wolverines or Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at LockdownWolverines at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or online at WolverinesWire.usatoday.com where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Lockdown Wolverines, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.